for the mom with her hands full and only a few minutes to spare here and there. Put your hand on your chest. Take a deep breath. You're doing better than you think you are. I want you to delight in these ordinary, often mundane days of motherhood, rooted in confidence about how you are raising and speaking to and nurturing your kids. Peace starts with you. So let's create peaceful safe havens for our kids to grow in. It's never too late. And the fact that you are here speaks volumes of the amazing mom that you are and desire to be. Okay, I want to start out today's episode. I want you to visualize that one person from your childhood that just made you feel so special. Like, how do you feel when you think of that person? Close your eyes and picture their face. What did they smell like? What did they sound like when they said your name? And what was it about that person that just made you feel so special? Or maybe you didn't have someone like that in your life, but you know that you desperately needed them. When I ask myself this question, I'm like, man, it makes me realize like how I want to show up as a parent. Like when our kids grow up, do you think that you would be one of the people on their list if someone were to ask them that question? There are just so many things that pull for our attention as moms. We have laundry and we have dishes and we have grocery shopping and maybe you homeschool and or have a business that you work from home or maybe you have a part-time or full-time job. Whatever it is, maybe you have a dog, maybe you have um, a kid with a an illness or... Whatever it is, needless to say, wherever you're at, it can feel, and it is a lot. You know, for me, I know that when I feel overwhelmed, I usually want to retreat. And I'm just like, I back down. Like, I want to it quit. I want to, like, stop what I'm doing. And instead, I've learned through, like, all the personal growth and mindset work I've done over the past three years, I've learned to just take a breath and reflect and just ask myself, okay, where are these feelings coming from? And why do I feel like this? And you know, it's been so good because instead of running from things when it feels overwhelming or hard, I am able to just sit and reflect. And those feelings or thoughts or fears, they they go away. And with that being said, I wasn't really planning on talking or mentioning this. But as I started talking, I just feel like it fits really perfectly with all of that. So I'm reading this book and it's called A Woman After God's Own Heart. And to be honest, if I was not being honest, I would just say that I was halfway through the book on page 185, but I am not. I was just flipping through the book before I started it. I'm actually reading two other books right now. And I saw in big bold letters, 12 tips for time management. And I've got to tell you, I found out I was pregnant. I don't know a month and a half ago maybe or a month ago I don't know I can't can't even keep track but I was in the middle of 75 hard I had such a great routine I was working around I was working out two times a week on an incredible just schedule and I felt so good mentally physically I felt strong I could see abs coming in and then I found out I was pregnant and I kept with it for about a week until I started getting nauseous and my energy literally disappeared And I just lost all sense of motivation. And I know that 75 hard was not meant for first trimester of pregnancy. But 
it also completely threw me off track. And there's another great book, The Slight Edge. It talks about course correcting. And he says like on the journey to success or, you know, wherever you want to go in life, you constantly have to be course correcting. And so that's what I'm doing right now, right here with you guys. And I know that I'm not the only one in this boat because I've talked to a handful of you guys who have messaged me just feeling like stuck. So basically, I am at this place where I have no routine. I have no schedule. I just kind of feel like I'm just not being productive at all during my day. So I was flipping through this book and I saw this in big bold letters, 12 tips for time management. And so the author of this book, her name is Elizabeth George. And I can tell this book is just going to be super good. But she goes over her 12 tips. And the first one is plan in detail. The more you plan, the better you manage and the more you achieve. Number two, deal with today. All God asks of you, of me, of us is to handle and manage today. And there's um, a paraphrase of Psalm 90, 12, and it says, number every day as your last day. If we lived like that, we would live different, right? What you are today is what you are becoming. And you are today what you have been becoming. Number three, value each minute. Know how long it will take you to complete each task in your home. Are you looking at a two-minute task? Are you looking at a 20-minute one? Then decide if that task is the best use of that time. And how much is a minute worth? Like, is it priceless or is it worthless? Depending on how you use it. Four, keep moving. A body at rest tends to remain at rest and a body in motion tends to remain in motion. So sometimes you just got to tell yourself one more thing or five more minutes. Something my sister shared with me, and I don't know where she saw it, but she said, like at one point in the day, she sets a 20-minute timer and she literally just speed cleans her house. And she said she almost always finishes it, gets more done than she thought, and just something, actually this is number, this goes on into another one, so I'm gonna leave it there, but just setting a timer. So anyways, just stay in motion. I know if I sit on that couch, I'm not gonna wanna get up, but if I can unload the dishwasher and straighten up the kitchen after breakfast and maybe throw in a load of laundry, like how much, like that's just, I'm, I'm already set in motion. I'm gonna keep, I'm gonna keep moving. I'm maybe gonna make the beds, open up the windows, get ready for the day. Five, develop a routine. Trying to do the same thing at the same time each day conserves and generates energy. It conserves energy by cutting down on indecision. It generates energy just through habit. So try to put as many tasks as possible into a routine. Number six is exercise and diet. And don't be thrown off by this word diet. It simply means like way of life and developing a way of life that gives you the energy and health you need to accomplish God's best for you. And this is so much a part of my life is just nutrition and wellness and health. And so I'm going to do a podcast on that fully for anyone who's interested, but it affects how you show up in life. And studies actually show that exercise increases metabolism, creates energy, causes you to sleep better, produces pleasure hormones that contribute to positive attitudes and joy in life, and just a general lust for life. So seven, I've never heard this one before, but she says, ask the halftime question. If my life depended upon doing this task in half the time I have allotted, what short takes would I take and then take them? Okay, number eight, kind of went on this one already, but use a timer for everything. Whatever the task, use your timer. And it helps you allow less time. And there's just something motivating about, you know, knowing, okay, I have 20 minutes. What can I accomplish in this 20 minutes or even five minutes? 
Nine, do the worst thing first. I've heard this before, I love it. What is the worst task on your to-do list? Do it first and you'll keep that heavy cloud of dread from hanging over you all day long. And you can use your, hi- your timer to help you get started. And once that worst is done, your attitude will be greatly improved. You'll have more energy. Yep, do the worst things first. What's the worst thing? Like, I remember um, when I had Dax, like, I like just had the hardest time unloading the dishwasher. But now I'm like, oh my gosh, Brooklyn, like what? <laughs> um, but just get the dishwasher unloaded. Or maybe you have to call your insurance. You guys, insurance is going to be such a hassle. Like, call them first thing in the morning. 10, read daily on time management. Five minutes a day just to get you motivated or on being tidy or maybe just going over these 12 principles again. 11, say no, make your schedule, your schedule is your plan A and then follow that unless God is moving you to your plan B. And then I love this one, number 12, begin the night before. What can you do the night before? Can you plan the next day? Can you plan the next day's meals? Can you select and lay out and prepare clothes? Can you clean up the kitchen, run the dishwasher, set the table for the next meal, tidy up the house, prepare lunches and meals, maybe defrost meat for dinner, sort the wash, get a load of laundry going, put things that you need to take with you by the door if you're like headed out the door early in the morning. But it's basically little things like this that can create big and amazing results when it comes to time management and being organized and it's kind of like a snowball once you get started you're going to find the energy and enthusiasm to keep going I also really love this visual of like the word homemaker is not really the most like I mean beautiful word but basically it means to be a home lover and if you carry this like thought in your mind in your heart of like home sweet home then you are qualified to be a home lover. And to successfully make the home of my dreams and God's call a reality, like I have to be there working and weaving on it every single day. I have to plan and imagine it. I have to, you know, select the, Elizabeth explains it, like I have to select the colors and the threads and the textures. And obviously she's not physically talking about weaving this beautiful tapestry together, but It's just a beautiful like visual of what it would look like. I have to know what I want that finished tapestry to look like. And then I have to pay also pay attention to details along the way. And it takes effort and it takes time. The time and the work and the care and the mental and physical muscle. All those things, the effort and the activity, they combine to make your home beautiful. And such beauty comes when I am active at home, busy responding to the call and the challenge and the joy of weaving that tapestry there and I'm gonna be really honest with you guys I my biggest struggle in my business and working from home is just feeling like I am a little not spread thin and in reality I really think it comes down to me not being focused and not being great at time management and the cool thing is you can learn time management and you can learn how to be focused and you can learn how to be a great homemaker and so for me that is like so empowering but I struggle with knowing how to, and the word balance doesn't seem like the right word to use here because we're never going to be balanced. Um, but my, I know deep down that whatever my work is, that my husband, my kids, my home will always be a higher priority and the most important thing to me. And then my work and other things are further down on that list of priorities for me. So my home is right up there near the top behind the people in my life, my husband and my kids. No one else is responsible for managing my home except me. 
And I'm going to have to say no to things that I really want to do, but so that I have time to be intentional and present with my kids and set up a home that is going to nurture what I want it to look and feel like. Okay, and this list is Elizabeth George from that book. She wrote that book that I was just talking about. And she made an I will list and she called it the heart of a homemaker. And she said, I will get up before my family in order to prepare myself spiritually and physically. I will prepare breakfast for my family and sit with them while they eat. I will work diligently to send every member of my family off in a good mood. I will consult my husband every day to see if there's anything special he wants me to do for him. I will keep a neat and orderly home. I will respond positively. I will seek to meet my husband's needs. I will put my husband before my kids. I will personally meet and greet each family member as he or she returns home. I will be predictably happy. I will prepare special good food for my family. I will make dinner a special time. I will grow daily in the areas of the Lord, marriage, family, and homemaking. And obviously this list does not have to be yours, but I just thought it was a beautiful way to just approach the day and check your heart attitude. This, the way that you're, the atmosphere of your home, I feel like I touched on this in episode one or maybe two, but the atmosphere of your home, the health of your body, the work that you do for your mindset, like it all affects how you show up as a mom. And the way we're talking about parenting, it rests upon the foundation of connected relationships. And so in order for you to feel at peace and connected, the atmosphere around you matters. I love this quote and it says, to find oneself in a disconnected state at times is normal, but to stay there is nonsense. When we realize that we are in this state of disconnection, it's time to repair it, right? We can't wait for our kids or our husband or our friends to extend a peace offering first. We must be the mature one. We must be mature enough to be the first to reach out. And that requires us to be vulnerable and courageous. And sometimes it's hard to be the first one to apologize or to admit that we are wrong. But we've talked about this before, right? About how much our kids learn when we do show up like that. Correction is necessary when raising kids. Yet our kids should always come out on the other side feeling worthy and good. Because I think we can all agree that bad choices, they don't make us bad people. And our kids need to believe that we see them in a positive light despite their mistakes. And the same is true for you. When you mess up big time or you do something that's wrong, like you need to see that you are worthy and you are still good even when you messed up. I hope that you have someone in your life who reminds you of your goodness. And I hope you had someone like that when you were a kid, like going back to that, who made you feel just so special and remind yourself that you can be that one person for your kid. We all need that one person. And so correction and guidance and helping our kids problem solve, it's necessary but we also have to make sure that we restore and that our kids leave feeling worthy and good and valued. So your heart has to be open to reconnect. And the reconnection time needs to take precedence over all things in that moment. And so what are some things that you can work on to foster this reconnection? 
Um, I think one of them is right now we're in this age of just distractions. And so we are so easily distracted, not present. And so I think we can tune in 100% to our kids and leave all of our distractions behind being completely available. Asking them if there's anything that they need, listening, responding thoughtfully. Another great one is just playing. Um, This is just a wonderful way to connect with kids in general and then also reconnecting. If it's an older kid, maybe um, taking them on a one-on-one date to the movies, playing board games, just quality time. Maybe writing a, a note, a love note. Written words have such a way of working its way down into someone's soul. And I think that's why a lot of people just love books. So sometimes writing what's on your heart on paper and then giving it to your kid or leaving it on their pillow. There's a lot of reasons why you might be feeling disconnected, but it could be that we haven't been intentional with our relationships. It could be that we've just allowed the busyness of life to interfere with our kids or just playing with them or just being intentional with them. It may be because we yelled, even if we were trying so hard, like I still at times like lose my patience, but maybe we yelled or it could be like, or maybe it was our kid and maybe they made a bad choice. Um, But disconnection happens, it's normal, but we don't have to stay there. And so I feel like just with everything we talked about, even though they don't necessarily go directly hand in hand, they do. Keeping an orderly home, finding a routine, time management and focus, and just giving ourselves the time to be intentional and available to our kids and, I know on, I can't remember what episode it was, but we talked about the 15 minutes, which I know it does not sound like a long time, but, and it's not the only time you're engaging with your kids all day, but like I have three boys. And so it's like each of them, my priority is that they get 15 minutes of uninterrupted time. Today, Dax and I, we played trouble and we started a puzzle and then Dax ended up leaving and then Kai came over and we did a puzzle. Um, Jet, we did some like, throwing things on the ground like he stands on my hands and I like throw him over my head and he lands on the love sack and so trying to find things that they enjoy doing and just being so intentional literally you guys throw your phone in the drawer and leave it there Uh, I think that's one of the biggest disservices we could do to our kids is just being glued to our phone and it's so hard did you know that the creators of the iPhone and of Netflix they're Their goal is to make you addicted to it. And have you noticed, I don't know if you guys can relate to this, but I find myself, the more I'm on social media and reels and swiping through my, I don't know even the right wording for this, but it takes a lot more to satisfy me. Like things that normally should be making us just be in awe, they're not. And so I feel like it's just that instant like gratification and it's like, in seven minute or seven not even minute seven second clips it's just it's taking away from our quality of life and so I'm honestly just really contemplating taking a social media 30-day fast I don't know what that's going to look like or when I'm going to start but I just I know it's on my heart and it's almost like I feel God tugging on my heart saying like you need to do this in order to go up you need to go down in order to move faster you need to slow down and get your focus right get your time management right get your priorities in line and so 
that might be coming up. And if you want to do it with me, reach out to me and let me know. Um, but I hope you guys have an amazing rest of the week and weekend. And I posted a questions box on my social media today and I got a lot of different ones, but I got a lot of similar ones on just wanting some direction on like, what does punishment look like and discipline look like when you're not spanking? And so I think that that will probably be the next episode that we do because I feel like it's on everybody's heart and it's definitely a hard one. Um, I have read so much and listened to so many podcasts and talked to so many people and also just had this like, I just know that God put this on my heart when I became a mom. So I'm excited to do that episode. So I love you guys. I'm rooting for you. Oh, I want to end on this. Every night before I go to bed, I pray for my boys. And sometimes it sounds very different, but lately I just have been saying the same prayer. And I just say, Lord, I just thank you so much for these boys and for Dax, for Jet, for Kai. And I just pray over them. I pray that you would surround them with angels, armies, protect them and watch over them, keep them safe and healthy and strong. I pray that you fill them with your love and your joy and your peace and your patience and your kindness and your goodness and your gentleness and your self-control. And I pray over their future friends, Lord, surround them with people who are just in love with you so that they can band together and go out into the world as a force to be reckoned with of your love and your joy. And they can just serve and love other people and stand up for the underdog and stick up for people who are getting picked on or bullied. But Lord, I just surround, I just pray that you surround them with people who love you. I pray for their future wife, Lord. I pray that she is faithful so that she is able to cover them with love and unconditional love and forgiveness and grace and I just pray that you give John and I the wisdom to raise our boys and the patience my goodness please Lord give us wisdom and patience they are just amazing and so fearfully and wonderfully made and Lord I just pray that they know that and they feel it and they just know that we are human and that we make mistakes but that you love them so fully and you have a purpose and a plan for their life and we just lift them up into your arms and we just praise you for giving them to us help us to guide them and point them towards you we love you so much and we just thank you we thank you for their comfy bed to sleep on and this roof over our head and the food that we have to eat and our friends and our family and all that you've given to us and we pray that you show us how to use what you've given us to help other people and for your glory we praise you jesus in your name we pray amen all right guys i hope you have a great week praying over you and love connecting with you. So reach out if you listen to this and if you have questions or just want to say something, um, it means a lot to me and I just love the feedback. So have a great rest of the week. You are loved. You're a great mom. And remember, peace starts with you. 